Hey everyone, saddle up and get yourself ready for the Horse Business Advice Podcast, where I share tips and insights for horse business owners around the world on all kinds of things to do with running your business. I'm Melody, online horse business coach, mother, lover of horses, collector of far too many saddle pads, and unicorn obsessed. I'm absolutely passionate about helping equine-related businesses get the confidence to move forward and get organized enough to be able to still have a life and a business at the same time. Now, I don't want you out there struggling to find the help you need, wondering what the hell to do next. I'm here to tell you that you do not have to go on this journey of horse business alone. So come along and join my free Facebook group, Equine Entrepreneurs Horse Business Advice, and be part of a really supportive and thriving community of horse business owners from around the world. Hi, welcome, it's Melody here. And in this episode of the Horse Business Advice Podcast, I am going to talk to you about terms and conditions that you need to set before stuff goes wrong. It's such a common experience for business owners to get stuck in some kind of conflict or confusion with a customer because they haven't set down their terms and conditions. One of the most stressful things in business is having conflict, is not knowing what to do, how to handle something that has gone wrong, whether it is somebody that's cancelled your service at the last minute and you're already there or uh, somebody who has purchased something that they're not happy with it or they feel like it took too long or it didn't arrive or it wasn't the colour that they thought or, you know, there's an endless list of things that can go wrong as a business owner. And whilst you can do as much as you can to protect yourself up front, Having a really solid set of terms and conditions is critical for any business, but also having your client acknowledge and accept them is important as well. Now, because you may live in a different country to me, I am in Australia, there are certain things that are affected by Australian consumer law. So one thing that you'll need to do is check your local consumer laws, because one thing that you can't do is have your terms and conditions override uh, your consumer law. So, for example, if in Australia, if some conflict has happened, you have to abide by consumer law regardless of what you've determined to be your terms and conditions. So if you say uh, we don't give refunds even if the thing appears Uh, arrives and it's broken and it doesn't work and it's not what you ordered the Australian consumer law says actually yes you do have to give a refund Uh, so even if you have that in your terms and conditions uh, they are not valid over the consumer law so check wherever you live check what your local consumer law requires you to have but let's now get a bit more general The sort of things that create conflict is just a lack of communication a lot of the time. It's often the situation where something doesn't arrive when it was expected. Uh, And, you know, COVID and recent times have not helped that at all. 
I know so many e-commerce businesses are tearing your hair out with all of the postage and freight delays, both from them receiving their stock from their suppliers and then sending it out to their customers. So that's a bit of a nightmare. It's really important that you look at what your customers are seeing as they purchase their item, what they are getting told by your system, what information you are sharing with them. And often conflicts are avoided just simply by keeping the customer in the loop of letting them know what is happening. So terms and conditions are things like, you know, if you change your mind, do we give a refund? Do we replace the item? Who pays for the postage back? What if it needs to be repaired? There's all kinds of things. And of course, depending on what your business is as to what those terms and conditions need to include. Otherwise, I'd just give you all a template. Uh, But that doesn't work like that. So think about what you are selling and Terms and conditions work for products and service-based businesses. But let's talk about product-based businesses for a moment. For you guys, you need to be able to clarify what happens if the customer isn't happy, what happens if the item appears, arrives and is not functional or doesn't do what they expected or it doesn't fit or they change their mind or it didn't arrive in time for what they wanted it for. What happens in those situations? Will you accept returns? What will you do if it's custom made? How will that work? Um, All of those sorts of things. So consider what is the reasonable solution inside your local consumer laws for any of those situations that may arise. And simply having terms and conditions to refer to, both for your customer and for yourself, will make things so much smoother than not having anything at all and then having to stress about, you know, this person's demanding that and they're demanding this and, uh, you know, they're threatening me with social media um, defamation and all of that sort of thing, which is unfortunately what, you know, angry clients sometimes do that. They start to threaten social media um stuff that they are going to go and post about your business and that tends to get business owners in rather it is and get us all worried about what they're going to say about it about us and it tends to be pretty unfair so terms and conditions include all of that sort of thing what you will do what you won't do what you're responsible for what you will do with their their information. So that's part of a privacy policy, but your terms and conditions, you know, they you have they have to accept that they you have collected some information about them. So uh and if you are affected by the GDPR, if you're in the UK, um, or I think it's in the EU actually, if you are in the EU, you need to be aware of the GDPR. That is not something that uh affects a lot of the businesses that I work with so I'm going to skip over the GDPR and ignore that you need to look into that if you are in one of those countries that are affected by that Um, but if you are collecting people's information you need to let them know what you're doing with it or more to the point what you're not doing with it you need to let them know how long after 
they've received their item, do they need to let you know if they're not happy with it? Is it 14 days? Is it 30 days? Can they come back to you two years later and say, oh, these boots don't fit me. Can I have a new pair? So think about all of those bizarre and obscure situations that people talk about popping up because believe me, people try anything. And make sure that you are covering yourself as much as possible. So take photos of things as you're packing them up. Um, take photos of your measurements of your postage and all of that sort of thing so that you've got yourself covered from your end. So good terms and conditions are put together often uh, by lawyers and of course, I can't give you legal advice. I am a business coach, not a lawyer. There's places you can get uh, templates, things, places like Termageddon, that's one. Uh, there's plenty of them out there. Or you can hire a lawyer to create your terms and conditions. If you're not in a position to do that, what I recommend is you find some terms and conditions online that look like a good fit to you and adjust them accordingly at the very least. So finding some that look like they've been done fairly professionally, of course, you can't steal them word for word, but you can use bits and pieces and it, they will give you a guide of what you should and shouldn't be including. So it's important to look at other ones, get some ideas. Oh, yes, I need to talk about that. I need to talk about that. Um, there might be specific things that people need to know about your products. It might be that there is a certain warranty or that certain things negate the warranty. Like if you throw the saddle that you just bought from me in the dirt and then complain that it's dirty and you want to refund, well, you can't do that. So there might be certain certain ways that people need to store things or care for them or clean them uh, in order to maintain the warranty. So that is something that you need to think about as well. For those of you in service-based businesses, the kind of things that need to be in your terms and conditions are around your cancellation policies, uh, for the riding schools and riding lesson barns, you guys need to think about makeup lessons. What is your terms and conditions about makeup lessons? If I can't come to my lesson, do I get another lesson and another time? How many per term do I have to pay up front? All of those sorts of things. So think about all of the curly situations that might have come up in the past or even things that you've heard about that may not have happened to you but have happened to somebody else and think about what could you put in your terms and conditions to deter that or at least make a firm decision on how you will handle that situation. So you can refer to your terms and conditions and say, well, actually, we only allow one makeup lesson per term. Um, as according to our terms and conditions, which you sign. So you might ask all of your uh, new customers, new clients to sign an agreement of the terms and conditions. You might include things like no-shows. Um, you might include conditions about uh, your work environment from a safety point of view. For example, that the person that is holding the horse, if you are putting their shoes on, that they need to be present, not on their mobile phone. Perhaps you don't want them to be smoking cigarettes. Perhaps you want the horse to be, you know, trained to a certain level that there needs to be safety, a safe area to work in that's clutter free, no other loose horses 
dogs tied away, whatever is going to make your working environment both safe and pleasant for both you and the horse and the owner, those sorts of things can go into your terms and conditions. And the reason that you might put them into your terms and conditions is if you then find a situation where you feel uncomfortable with a client because they've got three loose horses running around exactly where you're supposed to be working on that fourth horse and you feel like it's dangerous, you can say, look, you know, you have agreed to my terms and conditions and I need you to go and put those three horses away. It, it kind of breaks that ice and it makes it a little bit more comfortable to actually pull someone up and say, hey, this isn't right and you've agreed to this, so you kind of need to do it. Uh, it's like your backup, I suppose, having a t- set of terms and conditions. So think about all the situations for your, your service-based businesses. What's, what are the situations that will arise for you that are going to make things a bit tricky? Like you might turn up to a client's house and they're not there. What are the terms and conditions? Do they lose that appointment? Do they still have to pay for it? Do they pay uh, a cancellation fee? Do you go back? Do you give them priority? What what are you going to do? And you know what? Setting down terms and conditions is so important for you to actually then formulate what you are and are not willing to do within your business. And that can be so empowering for you to be in that situation of making decisions and saying, I will not work at 6am on Sunday mornings and your terms and conditions can say that. Or it might be that, you know, I will walk away from a horse that is being unsafe or I will walk away from a customer that is using too many swear words or being disrespectful or whatever. If that's in your terms and conditions, it's almost like you've got someone behind you going, yes, you're doing the right thing. You can do this. You can walk away from this. Um, from a product-based business point of view, again, it's that backup of, well, look, this was in my terms and conditions. So yes, you do have to pay postage back to me if you want to return this item. And no, you can't get a refund. You'll get a store credit because that's what we agreed to. So setting down the terms and conditions is just as much for you as it is for the customer. Now, always going to happen that somebody is going to question you and you'll say but that's in the terms and conditions and they'll say oh I just ticked that and signed it I didn't read it and let's be honest how many of us actually read terms and conditions that we're agreeing to before you actually tick that button and say yes I am and I know some people do but a lot of us don't we just go yeah yeah it'll be fine And the only times we tend to look at terms and conditions is when we have a problem. Uh, A reasonable customer will go and look at terms and conditions before they come back to the business owner and say, oh, now that I've got this purple saddle pad, I've decided I want a green saddle pad and I want it from a different business. So I'm going to send this one back to you. You pay for postage and you give me a refund. If it was in my terms and conditions of whether you could return purple saddle pads or not, then it would be much easier for me to actually deal with that. Now, that customer is somebody that perhaps didn't go and read the terms and conditions and doesn't care. They just want to do whatever they want to do. You have the terms and conditions there as a backup. But on the other hand, 
I know I'm the sort of person, if there is some kind of an issue, I will go and look at terms and conditions and have a little read of what that business has said will happen in in case of something arising that does not go to plan. If I am more than half an hour late to an appointment or if I have to cancel at the last minute, do I still need to pay them? Uh, do I, you know, what, what do I need to do? So you can't assume that because someone ticked a box on your website or signed a piece of paper that they actually now have memorized your terms and conditions because remember that's something that only you are likely to remember but it is a fallback position that you can say look this is something that you have agreed to so yes we do need to stick to it and if you get into a curly situation with a client of course you can negotiate uh, and you can be flexible if need be, but I tend to recommend people s- stick to their terms and conditions like glue, because once you bend the rules for one person, then you're going to feel like you need to bend the rules for every person, and it also means that those people that become noisy about it and start ranting about things and sending snarky messages and talking about giving negative reviews and all of that sort of stuff they tend to get the result that they were looking for and they tend to get you to bend over and do whatever it is that you they wanted you to do even though it's not fair on you as a business so you've got to be careful with starting to let people slip through the cracks and starting to not pay attention and not and not stick to your own terms and conditions so make sure that you are being as firm as you possibly can. So at the same time, that also means make them reasonable, make your terms and conditions workable, make them something that you don't have to keep flexing or that you don't have to go, I know my terms and conditions say this, but I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't want to do that. Or I want to do this for you. You don't want to be in that situation either. So When you're writing your terms and conditions, think about how you're going to deliver that information to people. Remember that people will not remember those terms and conditions. They are not likely to have even read them. And it's probably a rare individual that will jump onto your website or social media and find your terms and conditions to read them before they actually come and approach you. Um, There might be some people that do that, but not too many. So I'm not going to tell you what to put in your terms and conditions because it's so different. But one of the things that you could do is list down all the possibilities. And you can start those sentences with what if this happens? What if the customer doesn't like the color? What if the customer says that it took too long? What if the customer says it doesn't fit their horse? What if they gave me the wrong measurements? What if, so write down all the what ifs. In fact, write down every possible thing you can imagine that will go wrong. Because those things are things that you need to consider how you're going to deal with and cover them in those terms and conditions. 
If you're in a situation, as I said earlier, if you're in a situation where you can afford to get some legal advice, you could draft your terms and conditions and then send them across to a lawyer. And I know any lawyer that ever listens to this is going to cringe at this advice because they will, of course, um, insist quite fairly that all terms and conditions should be written by lawyers. And I do agree with them. I'm also realistic enough to know that a lot of small businesses will not and cannot invest in that. And so I'd like to encourage people to at least have terms and conditions that they have created that at least half cover them or at least give them some point of discussion and negotiation with clients when stuff doesn't go to plan. So terms and conditions, if you have got terms and conditions already, Print them out, have a read through of them because oftentimes you might start off with a basic template and it might be, you know, for example, Shopify has their standard terms and conditions and when you first start out, you might start out with some simple template uh, and now maybe your business has evolved or things have changed or something has uh, been added in product or service-wise that you haven't actually considered. So think about now editing and adding to your existing terms and conditions. And if you don't already have a button on your checkout, for those of you in e-commerce businesses, uh, if you don't have a button for checkout for people to tick and say, yes, I acknowledge the terms and conditions and I agree to them, then you might consider adding that. For service-based businesses, I would also have a system where if they're booking themselves in with you online, that they have to read the terms and conditions before they can book and tick a button. Uh, if they are booking directly with you, you could send them a copy of the terms and conditions, ask them to sign it and return it to you, or ask them to sign it when they when you arrive or they arrive or you are in the same uh, space as them and have them sign it so that you're just covered um, from a point of view of acknowledging that they have actually read it. Okay, so that's enough of terms and conditions for today. I hope that this has been useful for you um, and feel free, of course, to jump into my free group, Equine Entrepreneurs Course Business Advice, if you need any further help with this. And otherwise, I will catch you on the next podcast. 